Good morning, everyone. Welcome to church. Let's stand to our feet and worship together. So we all made it to church this morning. We all got out of bed. That alone is a reason to sing. It's a reason to praise him. It's a reason to thank him for today. So let's lift our voices together. Let's give it everything we got, all right? I'll raise a hallelujah In the presence of my enemies I'll raise a hallelujah Louder than the unbelief I'll raise a Sing it. 
God, we thank you. We thank you that we get to put our hope in something that is firm, something that doesn't get rattled, doesn't shake God, it's true. We're in a world where we can put our hope in a number of things that will eventually break and crack, God, you remain steady and true. You are our true hope, God, and I thank you for what you've been speaking to us all throughout this series, God, and as we continue it this morning, let us lean in, let us press into you, God, to truly understand that word hope in light of you, in light of the cross, in light of your Holy Spirit that is so present, Father. God, let us just be open to whatever it is you want to do in our hearts and in our lives today. Be all throughout this building with everyone online, everyone watching in the cafe. Father, we just come before you. God is one just seeking you and lifting up your name, Jesus. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Before you sit down, find three people and give them, as my son likes to call it, a hard high five. this morning? Everyone having a great weekend? Did any of you run this morning? Anybody? Oh, yeah, yeah. John, I know you did. I know you did. So yeah, the, the whole idea of running a marathon just absolutely exhausts me thinking about it. So that is something I will never do. But awesome to those people that do. Um, so we're so glad that you are here with us this morning at Salem Fields Community Church. Hopefully you got a program when you came in. Inside that program is something new that we've started putting in there. And in that program, you will find a list of our announcements. So we wanted to make sure we put the announcements in your hand because I guarantee you seven seconds into me doing the announcements, you've already checked out and are thinking what you're going to get for lunch and all of that. So we wanted to make sure that you left here knowing everything that's going on at Salem Fields because we constantly have so many different uh, outreach opportunities, serving opportunities, and so we wanted to put that in your hands. And so uh, definitely take a look at that familiar, familiar, wow, familiarize, that is a hard thing to say. So make yourself familiar with that list. Uh, and then also if you are a guest with us or you just want to uh, fam get familiar with uh, everything that we're about here at Salem Fields Community Church, check out this video. Welcome to Salem Fields Community Church. We're really glad that you're here with us today. If there's anything we can do for you, don't hesitate to ask one of our welcome team members in the green shirts. If you're a first time guest, be sure to stop by the table in the lobby to learn more about Salem Fields and to pick up your free gift. Parents, at Salem Fields Community Church, we really want to partner with you to help your children discover and embrace a growing relationship with Jesus. Infants up to kids in fifth grade can check in at the stations in the big lobby. Students in sixth through 12th grade are welcome to join the service in student room next to the main auditorium. Your children will be safe with our trained staff and volunteers, all with current background checks. If you're new parent and you're not quite ready to take your baby to the nursery, if you need to, you can watch the service in the family room where we have comfortable private seating, toys, and a changing station. 
Now is a great time to pull out your phone to use your favorite social media app, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Snapchat. They're all super easy ways to invite your friends to SFCC. And, and now's a good time for you uh, to, to silence your phone. I'm recording just a second, please. Our programs include all the basic information you want to know about Salem Fields, including service times, contact information, as well as news and announcements. The connection card is one of the best ways to communicate with us. So fill that out now, then you can update your contact info, ask for a prayer and update us on all your health and hospital needs, and request info on small groups, upcoming missions, and serving. If you're watching online, you can fill out the online card by clicking on the blue connection card button above the chat room, or contact us link on salemfields.com. More than anything, we just really hope that you're able to connect with God today. And remember that Salem Fields, we exist to know Jesus and to share real hope with anyone, everywhere. So if you have questions about anything at any time, find someone with a green shirt and they will be more than happy to help you. Uh, we're going to be taking our tithes and offerings during this next song. Uh, again, this is just another way that we worship God here at Salem Fields Community Church. So if you are a guest with us, please do not feel obligated to give. Just give as the Lord leads and with a cheerful heart. And there are many ways that you can do that. Uh, you can give cash or check as the buckets come by. You can go out to one of the giving kiosks and give debit or credit out there online. Just click that button in the top right-hand corner. Or as always, you can give safely and securely through the Salem Fields Community Church app. Uh, we will not be having service next Saturday night for Memorial Day weekend. Uh, but we are still going to have our normal service times on that Sunday at 9 and 11. But uh, we also are doing something really cool, and we're going to have kite day. And so it's going to be a blast flying kites. There's going to be food. And so we want to encourage you come to be a part of that after the 11 a.m. service. And hopefully your kite day will look a lot better than the staff's kite day that we had in this video. Check it out. Can you believe they left me there for like another three hours after that, too? It's like, geez, man, it's so nice, the staff here. But anyways, so definitely want to make sure you attend Kite Day. It's going to be a lot of fun. Well, I don't know if you noticed when you came in, those big, tall pallets. Uh, says, say yes, this is something that we are launching uh, to really help engage us uh, to serve this summer. Uh, with summertime, there's so many vacations. Everyone's schedules get absolutely crazy, and so that kind of leaves some holes uh, in all the different ministries. And so th those ministries are vital into, again, fulfilling the vision and mission of Salem Fields, and that is to reach people and share real hope with anyone everywhere. And so we really need people to serve to be able to do that. And so uh, if I want to encourage you, visit that before you leave. There are so many different areas and opportunities to serve, and all we're asking is for people to serve for Four times over the course of 10 weeks. So four weekends or, or four days, whatever that is, just to serve four times over the course of 10 weeks. And so there'll be somebody there that can answer any questions that you might have. But again, one of our core values here at Salem Fields Community Church is serving. But another core value we have 
is taking a risk. We are risk takers here at Salem Fields Community Church. And as you can see, I have this lovely spinning wheel that has the weekend ministries on it. And so I want to challenge people. Can I get somebody to come up and say, you know what? I'll agree to serving four times out of ten weeks. But I'm willing to also take a risk and serve whatever ministry this wheel lands on. So you might get music in production. You might get children's ministry. You never know. But, again, we are about taking risks. And when we step into that risk, it stretches us. It helps us to grow. And so who wants to do this? So you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm willing to take a risk. I want to step out. I want to serve. I want to get involved. Doesn't matter where. I had two Saturday night and I had two last service. Don't tell me the 11 o'clock service is going to sit this one out. So come on. Who's, who's going to be the risk taker? Who's going to step up and do it? Yeah. Let's do it. All right. You guys can go next. <laughs> Arms. Yes, absolutely. So tell everyone y'all's name. I'm Chris Barham. I'm Brian. Give Chris and Brian a round of applause for taking the step to do this. Okay, so we have street to seat. So that is literally from parking to the time that they sit down. So ushers, greeters, everything. Uh, children's ministry, students, hospitality, and music and production. So. Which one of you wants to do the, the honors? Everybody pray it's not music and <laughs> I'm praying it is. So let's give them a round of applause. Like, this is Price is Right right now. Let's go. Let's see where it lands. We keep getting hospitality. Get, all right, so hospitality. So they're going to help out with that. So at the end of service... Just go out to the pallets and sign up for hospitality, and we'll get that going on. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right. See, it's not that hard. Who wants to do it? Coolix? All right, Pam, come on up here. I love it. See, this is not so bad. This is an awesome opportunity for us. So this is Pam. Everyone say hi, Pam. Hi. All right. Give it a spin. That's what I'm pulling for. Music ministry. Let's do it. Let's do it. I think this is rigged. Hospitality. So if anyone's nervous about this, there's been like five hospitalities that have done this. So you might get the servant hospitality. We'll see. But does that sound good? Awesome. So same thing. Go visit there. I can take one more before I get off stage. Anyone want to do this? No one at all? Come on. One more person. Four, four weeks out of the summer. Melissa. Awesome. I know. Slow it down myself. <laughs> Melissa, say hi to everyone. Say hi, Melissa. Yes. All right, let's see what she gets. Give it a spin. 
Does that sound good? Try it. <laughs> thanks, Melissa. All right, thanks, everyone. Let's give everyone a round of applause for taking that risk. So again, I want to encourage each and every single one of you, go and visit that table. They'll answer any question that you might have. And again, this makes a huge impact in carrying out the vision here at Salem Fields. We're going to continue our series, Choosing Hope. Pastor Buddy has a great, great message for us this morning. And so let's just begin to settle in, prepare our hearts for what God has for us this morning. Thanks for being here, guys.
Good morning. Wow, there you are. <laughs> it's good to see you all this morning. You're not running, I guess, huh? Yeah, I ran early. <laughs> Believe me, if I'd ran, we'd still be running. But anyway, glad you're here today. A man approached a little league baseball game one afternoon. He asked the little boy that was sitting in the dugout, he said uh, to the little guy, he said, what's the score? And the guy said, the little boy said, it's 18 to nothing, and we're behind. The man said, oh, boy, I bet you're discouraged. And the little boy said, why should I be discouraged? We haven't even got to bat yet. <laughs> now, that's choosing hope, isn't it? <laughs> when it doesn't make a lot of sense. But today we're finishing our series, Choosing Hope. And um, we're going to look at choosing hope when life doesn't make sense. The premise of today's message that in the dark, troubling times when life doesn't make sense is when hope is needed most. But it's really, that's the most difficult time to choose hope, when life doesn't make sense. Have you ever noticed that troubles come in bunches? I mean, life can be going as smoothly as it can be, and then all of a sudden, bang, out of nowhere, life, troubles hit, and things go wrong. Not just one thing, but many things, several things at one time. And you wonder, what in the world hit you? You know, on, our, on the first day of our annual Myrtle Beach golf trip, we do every year, been doing it for like 20 years, uh, we, uh, on the way down, it was me and a, a couple other guys traveling down together, and I had a flat tire. And man, that's a pain to have a flat tire, especially when you have a tea time, and you're trying to get there on time, and I had this flat tire, and so we were um, looking for a place to get it done, and you know, try, finally found Walmart, nothing else fails to go to Walmart, and uh I got the tire fixed, and man, I was upset, going to be late for our tee time, but we made it, and they gave us a, let us play anyway, and on the very first tee, on the very first round of golf, we played four or five rounds that day, the very first tee, um, I uh, bent over to pick up someone's golf ball from the weeds. Now, there was four of us playing, and I can say it wasn't my ball this time, <laughs> and it wasn't, uh, it wasn't uh, Tom Anderson's ball, and it wasn't Brian's ball. And we only had one other guy playing for us, but I'm not going to mention who that was, uh, Mike Nelms. I wasn't going to mention uh, that. But as I bent over, uh, I got a stick right up in my eye. I went right in the corner of my eye. Woo, man, that thing hurt. It burned, and, and, uh, and I'm trying to wipe it. You know, I guess probably the worst thing I do is wipe it and get it to where I could see again. The first green, uh, uh, first time somebody putted, there was four balls coming at the hole, and I thought, man, this is going to be a long, long week. And, uh, and then uh, Tom, my golfing buddy over the years, he said, uh, what's going to happen next? You know trouble's coming three. I said, th thank you, Tom. Appreciate the encouragement. I'll probably go blind. Uh, actually, I was blind. I got a cataract in this eye, and I couldn't see out of this eye. You ever heard the old saying, blind in one eye and can't see out of the other? Well, that's what it was. Well, so sure enough, the next morning I woke up and I had this sharp pain. I mean, oh man, it hurt so bad in my left side. And good old Tom says, well, there's number three. <laughs> and I thought, man, it really hurt. And it lasted a couple days. And I can remember Tom saying, buddy, you better go to the hospital, you know, because I was trying to fake it till I make it, you know, because you didn't want to have any excuse for not playing well, which I needed one. And... Uh, but, you know, uh, so I just bear it out, and then, well, you know, Lord and behold, it turned out to be gas. <laughs> yeah, now y'all laugh, but y'all have all had it. <laughs> and you know what it feels like, don't you? Man, it's relief when 
you know, <laughs> the gas X kicks in. <laughs> but anyway, uh, but you know, really, I think, what if those things would have been real crises? You know, and all three of them, uh, when all three of those crises come all of a sudden once in life, at a time, one time in life. Charlie Brown said, it's all, it always looks darkest just before it gets totally dark. <laughs> things don't always go as we plan, do they? I mean, a military chaplain, chaplain has a sign on his door and it says, if you have troubles, come in and tell me about them. If you don't, come in and tell me how you do it. You know, that's a good point because the truth is, none of us make it through life. None of us make it through life uh, without times when life doesn't make sense. Trouble and difficulty and pain is something that we all have to deal with in life, whether we're a believer or not a believer. The Bible says, Jesus says it rains on the righteous and they're unrighteous. In other words, believers are going to have a tough time and non-believers are going to have a tough time. And I'd say to you today, today you're either in the middle of a difficult time in your life or you just got uh, out of a difficult time in your life. And if not, watch out, trouble's on the way. You see, because to live is to have trouble. And it's during these difficult times that we need to learn how to choose hope. No one understands the pain and trouble that can come out of nowhere uh, than what uh, our special guest who was supposed to be with us this morning, Vicki Varner, uh, was going to be here with us this morning, but Vicki uh, is blocked in because of the marathon. She can't get out, and uh, the police won't let her out, and she tried every way she could to be here. And, uh, but Vicki is uh, Miss Wheelchair, Virginia, and she is here. She was going to be here today to tell her story live and talk about uh, her situation. So, thanks to technology, she was here last night. We were able to, we videoed it, videoed that, uh, her testimony, and so thank God we're able to share that with you this morning, and uh, maybe Vicki's watching online, so let's give her a big round of applause and thank her for sharing her testimony. Good evening, everyone. As Buddy said, I am Vicki Varner, and I'm here to share my survival story with you guys, and hopefully spread some light and positivity into the church today. Um, everyone in this room, I am pretty sure, as Buddy said, has been through a difficult situation. And it's so easy to say, why? Why me? Why you? Why any of us? I have asked myself those questions so many times in this past three years, but I decided to start with, stop with the whys and start with the why nots. In 2015, I was an able-bodied 18-year-old, which in case some might not know, means I was able to walk, jump, and run without any hesitation or hindrance. I had just graduated high school and decided to venture 15 hours away from home off of a softball scholarship in Missouri. After midterms, I went home for break in December. I lived my life then so carelessly and free. I had no idea what life was about to throw at me. On Christmas Eve, I woke up just like every other day. I spent that day celebrating the holidays with my family. Um, we spent that day with love, laugh, and a lot of laughter, like I said. <laughs> it got to be late during a very intense game of apples to apples, which, sorry Brady, I won. <laughs> when my family noticed the time and saw that it got to be a little bit late, and my boyfriend also had to go home to go spend Christmas with his family. So my mother was nervous about my brother coming home 
from work, he worked all day, so she was like, well, why don't you just go with your brother to keep him awake? Um, so I honestly didn't want to go. I wanted to go into bed with my little brother, snuggle up with him, and anxiously await for Santa Claus, because I know he had some goodies for me, too. <laughs> so my brother likes to think he's in the movie Fast and Furious. I mean, come on. He was 22 at the time. All 22 boys think they're in Fast and Furious. But since then, he has changed his driving. I started to feel a bunch of anxiety as we were driving. I knew he was driving a little too fast. So I told him to slow down and sorry, God, but to stop driving like an idiot. Well, we missed a turn and then we missed another turn. And then that blue Ford Focus slammed into a tree at 55 miles per hour. The next thing I would remember is hearing the phone automatically call 911. And the phone, when the phone operator answered the phone, I immediately went into shock. I remember seeing my brother and my boyfriend get out of the car to assess their damage. When I tried, I felt like I had a ton of bricks on my legs and I could not move them at all. I looked down at the legs that had taken me to, on a softballer scholarship to Missouri just three months ago and knew that my life has changed and I am now paralyzed from the waist down. On Christmas morning, I was told from my father and the doctor that I would never walk again. I felt the hand that had always lifted me up in strength fall weak when my father told me that news. I knew I had to turn it around somehow. I had to breathe strength and reassurance, not only into myself, but to those same people who have breathed strength and reassurance into me. So I decided to pick myself up off the cold hard floor and rise into the Phoenix I am today. A lot of people commend me for that choice, but in a situation where you are faced with only two options, do or die, you do what you need to do. I decided to choose hope. I decided to live my life in the best possible way that I could live it. It hasn't always been sunshine and roses with me though. I think a lot of people have the tendency to see me and see my smile and think, how the heck is she always so happy? But I'm just like everybody else. I cry, I get angry and lash out at the people I love the most. I constantly look at triggers that bring me back to that night, but those are not the moments that define you. The moments that define you are what you do when you're crying and what you decide you're going to do after you stop. We are only human and those, that's just what happens. I've questioned my why way more times than I ever should. Why me? Why was I the only one in the car who got injured? Why would God give me all of this stuff just to take away from me? And why is there absolutely no cure for spinal cord injuries right now? I figured it must have been karma. There must have been something that I did wrong in my past life or in this life right now, and this was my punishment. But this is not a punishment. This is a testimony. This is God's testimony. He, yes. <laughs> And he handpicked me himself to be the living proof of his amazing miracles. God knew I would struggle. God knew I would feel broken and God knew I would feel confused. And God knew my family would have to deal with pain that they never would have imagined they would have to go through. But he also knew that the person he chose that night on December 24th, 2015, would turn that darkness into a light that shines not just within me, but within, within everyone else that I come into an encounter with. God has the power to take certain people on certain missions, and this is my mission. 
I want us to all stop with the whys and start with the why not me's. This situation that you are in right now might feel like it's crushing every last part of you, but God has given you a tomorrow. He has given you that tomorrow to do good in this situation, and he has given you that tomorrow to find the good and to keep going. You just have to put your faith and your trust into him. Trust the process. He is using us in ways every single day that we may not understand, but he understands and is using it for the betterment of the world. Leave the questions and answers up to God, and you keep just trekking into life that you are proud of. Thank you. What an awesome testimony. Greater, I mean, not greater yet, but it was amazing to watch her go down that wheelchair ramp too. Zoom. Uh, a little bit of that, what did she say, fast and fury, okay, furious or whatever, in that as well. But you know, so how do, how do we find hopes in times like Vicki went through and is going through? We cannot place our hope in things that will change or things that we can lose. We cannot place our hope in things unseen. We have to place our hope in the living hope, and that is Jesus Christ. So how can we choose hope when life doesn't make sense? So I want to talk about that just for a few minutes this morning. Our text today is from James chapter 1, verses 16 through 18. It's on the screen. It's in your notes in your program, or you can turn to it in the Bible. But uh, the Bible says, James says, Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that we might be a first kind of first be a kind of first fruits of all he created. Now there are three things in this uh, passage of scripture that I think will help us uh, choose hope when life doesn't make sense. The first one is this: remember God's love. Remember God loves you. You see, don't the Bible says James says, "Don't be deceived, my uh, beloved brothers and sisters." You see, when hard times and troubles come. It's easy to blame God. It's easy to blame the fact that God, and say God doesn't love me, and this is why the bad things are happening to me, and we have a tendency to blame God. It goes all the way back, uh, goes all the way back to Adam and Eve in the garden when uh, God confronted them and said, basically, what, do you, what have you done, Adam? And he said, it's that woman that you gave me, God. You know, and, and so we, we, we're born with this sense to blame God. God for our problems. God doesn't love me. And James is saying to uh, his readers then and to us now, don't be deceived into thinking that God doesn't love you. Don't be deceived into thinking that you can blame your troubles on God's lack of love for you when you go through those dark times in your life. You see, James calls his readers my beloved brothers and sisters. Now, that's not just a term of affection. It's not as if he's saying, hey, I love you guys, I'll, you know, just kind of off the cuff, I love you guys. No doubt he loved them. But the phrase means, uh, means much more than that. James is reminding his readers that they were greatly loved by God. They were greatly loved by God. They were brothers and sisters in Christ, and together they had, <clears throat> had experienced the love of God in a deep way. And... and and James is reminding us today that we are greatly loved by God. That all of us here today are greatly loved by God. He is really saying when you're tempted to give up in the middle of your trials and troubles, 
and giving up when life doesn't make sense, instead of thinking, God must not love me, don't be deceived. God loves you. God loves you. I heard on the radio the other night that uh, the commentator said that no matter how much you think you've done to cause God not to love you, God still loves you. No matter how much you've done, you think, well, I've done all this, uh, I've done this with my life, I messed up here, I messed up there, God must not love me, and I say to you, he still does. He still does. You see, there's nothing you, to, you can do to get God to love you any more or any less than he already loves you. God loves you. That's his character. He loves you, and you matter to him. God's not mad at you. God sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to love you. That shows you to show us how much he loves us. So when you're tempted to think that God, think that God doesn't love you, do not be deceived. Do not buy into the lie. Know that God does love you. Next, we can choose hope uh, uh, when God doesn't make, or when life doesn't make sense if we remember God's goodness, if we remember God's goodness. James says, every good and perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Everything good comes from God. Say that one more time. Everything good comes from God. James is saying everything good in this world ultimately comes from God. If it's good, God made it. If it's good, God sent it. If it's good, he gave it. Do you believe that? It's the basis of our faith. It is the foundation of our faith, of our hope that we can have in difficult times. We are alive right now because God wants us to be alive. Are you alive? Pinch yourself and see if you're alive. Everybody alive? All right, I'm going to trust that what you're saying. Let your face know you're alive. No, I'm kidding. Hey, if you're alive today, if you're alive right now, it's because God wants us to live. We breathe because he gave us air to breathe, and he gave us lungs to receive that air and take it in. We see and hear. We see and hear and move and think and laugh and clap and dream and cry all because of God's goodness. Because you're here or you're today, you're online, you must be alive. And if you're alive, it's a gift from God. You see, your wealth, your fame, your talent, your accomplishments, your good looks, your strength, your, your, your creativity, your ingenuity, the blessings in your life, even the faith that you have to believe in Jesus Christ, even the faith that you have. You say, I have faith, that is a gift from God. That you have faith. To believe in Jesus Christ. It all came from God. James says every good gift comes down from the Father of lights, which includes God's mercy. You see, we need mercy because we're all sinners. We're sinners worse than we know. You see, and because of that, we need sin and we need mercy. None of us have the hope of making it out of this life into heaven without the mercy of God. You see, if God did not forgive and keep on forgiving, if he did not continue to pour out his mercy, we would be utterly and hopelessly lost. What kind of God do we serve? A good God. He is completely good. You see, he is constantly good. He is unchangeably good. God will never not be good. God could never be less than good. Everything he does is good. God is good. Tell your neighbor God is good. Tell your neighbor that. 
Maybe they need to hear that. Tell them one more time, God is good. Now look at your other neighbor on the other side of you, even if they're across the aisle, and tell them God is good. Now look behind you and tell that person behind you that God is good. All right. That's good. God is good. God will never not be good. God is good. He's good all the time in every situation. No matter what, God is good. Even when we think what will happen tomorrow, even when we think we know, life can turn on a dime. You heard the testimony. I mean, here was Vicki at home on Christmas Eve, gathered with her family with lots of love and laughter, playing games, and woke up the next morning in the hospital with the doctor and her parents standing over her, hearing that she would never walk again. That's how fast life can change. You see, no one knows what a day may bring, and that's a fact. You see, life is not just one thing. You see, it, life is good and life is bad. Life is sickness and health, weeping and rejoicing, life and death, war and peace. It's all mixed together. That's why we need a God in whom there is no shadow of turning. In other words, God does not change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He was good yesterday, he's good today, and he's going to be good tomorrow. He's not good today and bad tomorrow. He does not suddenly change his mind and decide, you know what, I will be good to you today but tomorrow I'm going to be mean to you. We're like that, but God is not. You see, when you're tempted to lose hope because of the bad circumstances in your life, and life doesn't make sense, remember the goodness of God and remember God loves you. Finally, remember God's grace. <coughs> Need a little water. Remember God's grace. The Bible says he chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. So James turns from the love of God to the goodness of God to the grace of God when he talks about divine birth. Now when it says birth, he's talking about a divine birth. He's not talking about uh, when we're born uh, uh, from our mother's womb. He's talking about divine birth. And divine birth starts with God. James says God chose to save us by his own will. The Bible says he chose. That's grace. Salvation, this divine birth that he's talking about here, it doesn't start with us. It starts with God. God initiated it by sending his son Jesus Christ to die on the cross for us. So it started with God, our salvation. Salvation is of the Lord, and when we receive Christ is our Savior. He gives us, it produces in us a new life. You see, why do we need new life? Because as I said earlier, uh, the old life is filled with sin and disobedience. The Bible says we're all sinners. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. In other words, we're all in the same stinking boat. And without the mercy of God, we would not have the hope of heaven. We would be destined for hell. But because of God's goodness and his love and his grace, then we uh, who are sinners have been forgiven. You see, we are all sinners, and that's why Jesus said in John chapter 3 that you must be born again. You must be born again, which means new birth. And new birth is not an option if you want any hope of going to heaven. You know, you can't choose to say, ah, well, I, I, you know, I'm not going to do that uh, and get to heaven. The only way to get to heaven is you must be born again. Even if you think you're a good person, you know, you might be here today and you've never received the mercy of God. And you say, well, I'm a good person. I mean, back before 
I was a believer in Jesus Christ, if someone would have asked me, buddy, will you go to heaven? I'd say, sure, I'm going to heaven. they say, why? I'd say, because I'm a pretty good guy. I'm pretty good. I wasn't worth a darn, but in my mind, I thought I was a good guy. Even if you think you're a good person, Jesus says we need to be born again, all of us. It is a gift of God given by grace and received by faith. God gives it to us. It starts with him, and we receive it. Thank you, God, we receive this new birth, this divine birth by faith. James says the new birth comes by the word of truth, the word of truth. Now, this is why Salem Fields Community Church preaches the word of God. That's why we talk about the word of God. You see, my words in and of themselves have no power to give life. My words have no power to give life and, and many other things. You know, people will say, well, buddy, I, I got my salvation from you. Well, that's absolutely not true. You got, maybe you received Christ on a Sunday morning or a Saturday night or worshiping online, but that kit did not come from the power of my words. You see, but the word of God is different. You know, we take the Bible lightly. And we kind of we just scoot through life and we think, well, I don't need to read my Bible. It's no big deal. It's just, a, it's just a, a Bible. It may be a true story. But the Bible is different because it comes from God. It's, a, it's the ultimate authority because it's true. It's true whether you believe it's true or not. It's 100% reliable. <coughs> Hebrews says the word of God is alive and active. It's sharper than a double-edged sword. It has the power to penetrate our heart, which means it has the power to uh, utterly transform our lives. You see, we are imperfect. Wow, that's news for you, isn't it? We're imperfect. Look at your neighbor now and say, you're imperfect. Be careful. You're imperfect. Now look at the other person and say, you're imperfect. You see, we're imperfect people. We're broken people who by grace are being transformed day by day by day. It doesn't make sense to me why Vicki, who was so young, full of life, talented, and, and, and with great potential, would suffer such a tragic injury. Just like that. You know, I, I, I wish I had this magic wand or this with this dust that I could just blow out all over top of us that would dispel our fears and clear up all of our confusion and wipe away all of our tears and take away all the pain and all the hopelessness that we may feel. But the Bible says that, it, that into each life some rain will fall. Sometimes it'll sprinkle. Sometimes it'll pour. And sometimes the floodwaters will overwhelm us. And we'll feel like we're drowning and we'll feel so hopeless. If you ever get to the place in your life where your, all of your questions are answered, all your problems and pain are gone, and, and they've just vanished, sit back and relax. You made it to heaven. You see, between now and then, as the old song says, there are dangers, toils, and snares all along the way that we all must go through, that we all must go through. You see, no one is exempt today from the troubles and pain of this life, but the grace that has brought us thus this far, the grace uh, that has brought us to where we are today will safely lead us home. 
doesn't say it will go home without problems. We'll make it home without problems. But it says in those problems, if we'll choose hope and put our hope in the living hope, Jesus Christ, it will lead us home to God. I read a, about a post. I didn't read the post. I read about a post on, that was on Facebook that said, hope is tough. You can't really halfway hope. Either, either you hope for something or you don't. Folks, our God is good. Our God is faithful. Our God is a loving God, and he is grace-filled. And I am so glad that our hope doesn't depend on the ever-changing circumstances of life, but on the living hope of Jesus Christ. You see, when troubles come and life doesn't make sense, if we choose, we can choose hope if we remember God's love. He loves us. No matter what we're going through, God still loves us. Remember God's goodness, that God is good. He's good today, he's good all the time. You see, and remember God's grace. What's gonna, what will happen in your life? What will happen in our lives uh, if our health fails? Or, or if we meet a catastrophic accident that leaves us paralyzed? What will happen when a, when a loved one dies or, or a spouse walks out or we lose our job or our children goes off the, the, deep, uh, the deep end or, or we don't have money to pay the bills this week or, or we have to go at it all alone or whatever trouble comes our way. By the love, goodness, and grace of God, if you're a child of God, there is this promise. The, Bi the Bible says we have this hope. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. In other words, if we put our trust and our hope in Jesus Christ, the living hope, you can be sure of this, that that hope is firm and secure. So we can say with confidence today, let the winds blow. Let the winds blow. Let the waves surge. Let the floodwaters rise. Let our questions fly. Let the threats come. You see, when life doesn't make sense, we have an anchor. And that anchor is firm and it's secure. We can put all of our hope, we can put all of our hope in this anchor, the living anchor, Jesus Christ. We have a hope. We have stability here and now and eternity guaranteed in the love and the goodness and grace of God, Jesus Christ. Choose hope. Choose hope when you can't see God. Choose hope when you can't feel his presence. Choose hope when you can't hear his voice or when life doesn't make sense. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Father, for those that have gathered here. We thank you for those that are gathered and worshiping online. Lord, we just pray that your Holy Spirit would be with us as we conclude our time together. Father, I pray right now that your Holy Spirit would just move in our hearts. And Lord, I pray for those today that are in a difficult situation when life is dark, when all seems hopeless, when it seems like things will never change. God, I pray that we have an anchor that's firm and secure. We have a hope, and it's not in anything but the living hope, Jesus Christ, and the promises of the word. So I pray to God today that as we worship together, you would speak to our hearts and help us to choose hope. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's stand and worship together. Maybe you're here today and 
You know, things are, things are a little dark in your life and you're going through a difficult time. Maybe during this song, you don't have to, but maybe during this song, you just want to come and pray. It's a kind of a neat place to pray. Nobody will judge you. I don't think anybody here will judge you. Probably admire you for having the courage to come and pray. But either way, wherever the Lord leads, let's do that as we worship together.
Let's pray together. With all our heads bowed this morning and no one looking around just for a moment. Maybe you're here today and you say, you know what, I'm going, I'm going through a dark time in my life. I'm going through a time where life doesn't make sense. But I'm going to put my hope in Jesus. Would you, uh, if that's you today and you'd like for us to pray for you in closing, would you just slip up your hand anybody like that and say, pray for me. I'm going through a difficult time, yep. See your hands, yep. Good thing is God sees your hands and he knows your heart. You, anybody else could put your hand up and write back down? Yes, I see your hand. Anyone else? Father, thank you for those that, yes, I see your hand. Thanks for those who have lifted their hand this morning, God. It's not important, Lord, that I see their hand. The important thing is, God, that you see their hand. And God, you know them and you love them. And God, you're, you uh, desire nothing but good in their life. And so, Father, I just pray for all who, Lord, right now are going through a dark time in their life, that you would just wrap your loving arms of love and care around each one. I pray, God, that your love and your goodness and your grace will sustain us through these dark times, Lord. I pray to God that you would just be with those that maybe are online and didn't have an opportunity to raise their hand but can reach out to the pastor. And, God, that we can just pray that uh, for everyone uh, that's going through a difficult time today. Maybe you're here today with all of our heads bowed and you say, you know what, I'm, I, uh, I've never chosen the mercy of God. I've never, I've never been born again. And I'm sure I know what that means. Be born again means that you believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins and that you ask him for, for, to forgive you and you invite him into your life to be your savior. And when we do that, that means that we're born again. We get a new life, a new start in life. And doesn't mean life will be easy, but it means we've got a real living hope now. We're not putting our hope in something that we can lose or fade away. It's unseen. But we have a living hope. And that's what it means to be born again. And if that's you today, maybe you just need to say to God right now, Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And you need to acknowledge that and ask him to forgive you and invite him into your life to be your savior. I'll give you a minute to do that. And if you prayed that prayer today, I encourage you to stop at the table as you leave today out in the, uh, in the lobby that says, uh, accepted Jesus, stop here. And just for a minute, it won't take long, and there'll be a pastor there that would have a little something for you to uh, take home with you that would help you on this journey of this new life and help you understand better. And so, Father, I thank you for those that chose you today. Lord, when they chose you, they chose hope, the living hope. And I just pray to God that you would just be with them throughout this day. And I pray, God, that, uh, that you would just continue to transform us day to day and help us to be the people of God that you want us to be, Lord. Thank you for this day, and thank you for your blessings. In Jesus' name. We pray, amen. Now, before you leave, I just want to talk to you just one moment. You know, uh, uh, Vicki couldn't be here today. Uh, she's here? Where are you at? Hey, Vicki, we're glad you're here. Wow, here she comes. Yeah. Uh, Vicki, why don't you just come on up here just one minute, okay? Is that all right? Did you cross the finish line on the marathon today?
<laughs> That's all. Look at that. Yeah. So, Vicki, I just wanted uh, everybody to see you. They saw you on video. There's your mic. Ah. But thank you all for listening to my message, and I hope someone in this room got a little something out of it. And Anybody get anything out of it? Wow. <laughs> thank you, guys. It really means a lot. Thank you for, thanks for making the effort to be here. Yes. And because of that, but more than that, we want to give her a love offering uh, because She's got a lot going on in her life, and we just want to share and uh, show her a little love from Salem Fields Community Church. I like to show her a whole lot of love. And uh, she is uh, Miss Wheelchair uh, Virginia, but her ultimate uh, goal is to be Miss Wheelchair America. And uh, we're, we're hoping and praying and believing that may happen in her life, and, uh, and that gives her a bigger platform to share the hope of Jesus. And we get to be a part of that. When we give that offering, we get to be a part of her sharing hope to people that are in a hopeless situation, that she is a very encouraging person. And so when you give a love offering today, you can give in cash. Uh, the buckets will be at the door. You can uh, go out to the kiosk and give the credit card. You online, push the little green button. You can go on your app. You can write a check even. Think of that. The Salem Fields Community Church. And we'll make sure that she gets it all and... Um, and we'll do that. Uh, so, Lord, thank you for Vicki. I pray your blessings on her life. I pray, dear God, that you will be with her wherever she wheels that wheelchair, God, that you'll go before her, with her, and you'll follow her and use her in an incredible way in the days ahead, Lord. She has chosen hope, and she has been the first fruit of your love by sharing that hope with us. So thank you, Jesus. And now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as we trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. God bless you and have a great day. Thank you again. Amen. Amen.